This is Jamal Ali with the African Diaspora Going Home Show, where it's all about the information, inspiration, ideas, tools, resources, and strategies that motivates the listener to go back home to Africa. Today, I have with me a friend, a colleague, and uh, someone that I admire so much. He just doesn't know. When I grow up, you know I'm taller than him and older than him. When I grow up, I want to be just like him. <laughs> Man, that check is in the mail, dude. What's your cash app? I'll send you some money for that. <laughs> That's what I'm talking about, baby. That's what I'm talking about. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, help me welcome to the show, Philippe Shock uh, Matthews. Philippe Shock Matthews. What's going on, uh, hotel family? Yes, sir. How you doing, my brother? I'm good, my brother. Everything is well. Fantastic, fantastic, man. Listen, I appreciate you taking time out of your busy schedule to, to be with us today. It's going to be an exciting show, so y'all hang around. This brother is a wealth of information. So for the listening, listening audience, tell us a little bit about yourself. Oh, my gosh. There's a lot to tell. <laughs> Where do you want me to start? <laughs> I'll be like uh, Steve Martin in the movie The Jerk. I was born a poor white child. You know, I don't know where you want me to start. Uh, let's, let's start here. I seen you, I, I was on your, your site, and I seen you on the, uh, it was one of the television shows where they were interviewing you uh, about, uh, I believe, digital nomics or, or a internet-based business. And you had your clean-shaven man, had the bald head, had the, the face was clean, you were looking all young and sharp, you was glowing. I was like, who is his brother, man? I don't know who that is. I don't remember him. <laughs> That's... Uh... Must have been a twin or something, you know. Back. It had to be, brother, but you were yeah. so impressive on the show, man. So when did that take place? Digital Nomics, uh, well, I was just talking to Kaba about it. I think Digital Nomics now is going on four years, mm -hmm. four years ago, about, yeah, somewhere around that area. Okay. Four or five years, yeah. Okay. So it was, uh, it, it was weird because I thought that everybody knew how to everybody who was online and on facebook and whatever i thought everybody knew how to make money online okay and a friend of mine and i also thought everybody knew how to make enough money to be able to not have to leave the house uh to 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 live a you know a quality lifestyle uh but never have to work for somebody else for for a living and so a friend of mine said philippe don't nobody know how to do this you need to write about it so i wrote the book digital economics probably in about four months i did it on my uh at that time my my goddess had gifted me a um eye touch okay uh if you remember those uh it's the you know the eye touches without the phone but it's just the you know the music and everything right. and i literally just used the recording feature uh, on there, and I recorded the book uh, uh, text to speech on in, in uh, Google really? Docs. Uh, and then after I did that, you know, every night the ancestors would hit me up, and uh, I would just record, you know, just have it mm -hmm. by the bed, and I'd just record, and then I'd get up and do the edits and everything. So I put the book together in about four months uh, in the process of how to create digital uh, uh, streams of income mm -hmm. uh, using your cell phone. I wanted to write something and teach something to people who, you know, if you have, you know, knock on wood, I haven't gone to prison, but if you just coming out of prison and you have nothing and mm -hmm. you need to start over, what would, what would be the most efficacious way to do it or what's the most uh, lucrative business uh, model to do it morally and ethically? Mm -hmm. And that would be digital nomics and digital marketing and affiliate marketing. 
So okay. that's what I did. Okay. Indeed, indeed. It's it's a powerful tool. And you know, it doesn't discriminate. If you have the skills and you know what to do, like you say, if you're just coming out of prison and you have nothing else to do, you can get you a computer, you can get you a phone, and you can do that. Absolutely. Right? Yeah, that's that's great, man. So let's just back up a little bit and 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 go into a little bit about. Well, let me ask you this. You uh, I read some information where you lost your reading digital number, as a matter of fact. You lost your mom and dad within a couple of months of each other. Is that correct? That's correct. What, yeah. February, my mom uh, uh, died in my arms and, and my father came back into my life. And then two months later, uh, he was a plumber. We were coming from the west side of Chicago where we were putting in to toilets and all kind of crap. And I was carrying stuff up and down, four flights and what have you. And he got out the car and turned around and just literally fell on. It was you know, uh, near the garbage uh, dump and just fell there. And, and that was it. And Heart so attack. life changed for me at 14. I'll tell you that. That was, a, that was, wow. that was hard. Wait, 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 wait. So, so your mom dies in your arms. Right. She, so my mom was given three, four months to live. Okay. And she started uh, uh, fighting for a life. And she started going to this church in Chicago uh, called Christ Universal Temple, mm -hmm. headed by the Reverend Dr. Johnny Coleman and Reverend Dr. Helen Carey, who are my spiritual mothers to this day. And <clears throat> she ended up living four years uh, really? to the point, yeah, to the point where, because I was 10 years old at the time. Mm -hmm. So, you know, I thought mom had beat it. And then, you know, at 14, suddenly uh, my sister was screaming. Uh, I was in the bathroom. I remember I was washing up at the Facebook because we were poor, poor, poor. Mm -hmm. And uh, so we were doing, I was doing a poor man wash up, you know, when you don't have the shower working and man, all of that. tell me about it. <laughs> I don't know if you know about that there, bro. Yeah. <laughs> I said, I told you I'm older than you. You're right. <laughs> so, so I heard my mom screaming and I heard my sister screaming. And then I came out and my mom took her last breath. I took her to the bed and watched her take her last breath. So it was, it was a rough time. It was a rough, it was a rough life. I'm not supposed to be here is what I'm trying to say. So when I stand before people, whether it's virtually or in our audience or one-on-one, -on -one, and I tell people there's nothing wrong with black people, something happened to black people and it's still happening. Uh, I am a testament of that because I'm just wait, not wait, supposed wait. to be here. Hold, hold up. I want you to say that again slowly so the audience catches this because this is real powerful what you just said. Say that again. Yeah, nothing is wrong with black people. Something happened to black people and it's still happening. So all of this stuff that we see, mental illness, Kanye West and Tamar Braxton and all of the, you know, mental illness in the black community, that has nothing to do with us. Something has happened to us. Something is happening to us. And what that is, we're not sick people. We're sick from being around, captured, controlled and corralled by sick people. And when wow. we start to remove ourselves from what I call in my ministry, second frequency people, racism mm -hmm. and, and European uh, values and thought, we begin to naturally heal. Mm -hmm. uh, our minds come back and is, mm -hmm. uh, are, is restored to our natural, what I call first frequency, because we're the first people, the original people chosen by the creator. Wow. So close proximity to people that are sick will make you sick. It's a fact, and, and, and I've got the evidence to prove it. So Dr. William A. Smith, who's a great friend of mine and a great scholar, he did the research and came up with the term and coined the term racial battle fatigue. 
And so he was doing this study. <clears throat> He's a, a, a professor at University of Utah, uh, where they make and manufacture white people. And uh, he, he was doing this research and finding out <clears throat> from his students and from the from the, uh, the 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 data that he was receiving that you know there's a litany of psychological and physiological problems and symptoms that we manifest and come down with as a result of being in predominantly European or white spaces. Mm -hmm. And so, uh, and he, I think he co-authored that with Dr. Tommy J. Curry and a few other uh, 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 doctors, uh, or at all, if you will. And it was amazing. And so I've had numerous conversations with him. I've read his paper, uh, I don't know how many times, and I wrote a book called The Hidden Signal, mm -hmm. talking about racial battle fatigue and what it does to us uh, and how it creates what I call third and fourth frequency. It creates a Negro consciousness or it creates a nigger consciousness. Mm -hmm. And in this country, we have only uh, uh, been allowed to be one or the other. And mm -hmm. both are false racial constructs that will create mental illness because we're not in our right state of mind. That's right. We're not in our right identity. So if mm -hmm. we're not in our right identity, of course we're going to act up and act out. Yes, yes. So the proof is in the pudding. So we, we see more and more how our character has changed and we act like white folks in a lot of ways. There was a time when, when black folks didn't commit suicide. There was a time when uh, black folks didn't work mass murderers. All these types of things that we're taking on now that didn't used to be a part of who we are. Right. We're, we're taking on that particular energy from this people that uh, we're hanging around. So yeah. Um, you dropped out of school in the sixth grade, is that correct? That's correct. Take care of my mom while okay. my sister worked. Now, because my parents were divorced when I was six. Okay. So was it cancer that, that, uh, okay, we got you, got you. Just want to get some clarity there. So you got, you, you got to tell, this is, this is an amazing story, man. You got to, you got to share this with, with the audience, man. So you drop out of school in the sixth grade. Yet you go on to write 11 books. 17 now, actually. Seven, well, see, I'm behind the times. <laughs> 17 books. From you got the school. old bio. That bio, yeah, I haven't yeah, updated you know it. You know look, look I, I ain't doing enough research. I got to, you know, I ain't read deep enough. I got to, <laughs> that's enough. That's all they need to know about. Oh, man. 17 books from a brother who dropped out of school in the sixth grade and is now working on his dissertation for his PhD. Right, correct. Metaphysical science and philosophy. About. So again, nothing's wrong with us. Something happened to us. Mm -hmm. When you find out that you are not to blame for, mm -hmm. pardon my French, your fucked up life mm -hmm. and nothing to do with you. Mm -hmm. When you find that out and you no longer look at yourself as, a, as the problem or mm -hmm. a problem, mm -hmm. then uh, all bets are off. You right. can do anything uh, and overcome anything that you choose to do so when you start to heal uh, yes. within what I call that first frequency. When you recognize that you are the first thought, the first idea, the first gestation from the creator, and, and, you know, think about this. Doesn't it make sense? <clears throat> and I, I am uh, I'm getting ready to launch a virtual tour uh, entitled Black Supremacy. 
because hey. I am a black supremacist. And so I'm just coming, this is the first time I've ever said it publicly for everybody to hear. Uh, but I'm a black supremacist because I know that black is supreme. Uh, yes. When the creator created us, think about this, that, that here is the, the uh, all in all, and it wants to manifest itself in, in, in organic human form. Don't you think that when it creates that organic human form, that it is going to be perfect, whole, and complete? No doubt. Perfect. This is why we're the most resilient whole people, and complete. the most undefeatable people, the most durable people in the history of humanity. There is no nothing like and never will be anything like the first frequency African. Nothing. So that is be... Black Supreme and Black that's the premise of Black Supremacy. Gotcha. So the first shall be the last and the last shall be the first. Facts, 100%. How, how can you get rid of the original? You can't. You can't. You can't. You and can't. see, so going back, to your point, going back to your point in terms of how we're so screwed up, I tell people all the time, we got to be more compassionate towards each other because when we're looking at a brother that's doing crazy stuff, when we're looking at a sister that's doing crazy stuff, we have to understand they're going through some things. That's right. And, and have gone through some things. There are four traumas that are locked and stored in black bodies. Four traumas. Talk to us about Genetic that. trauma, uh, decontextualized trauma, vicarious trauma, and ghosting trauma. That, okay. that are, those are the four traumas that are unique to the African and African-American experience. It's the reason why we're not able to create wealth, sustain wealth, manage wealth. It's the reason that we're in the situation that we're in. Once we understand, again, nothing happened to us, something, nothing's wrong with us, something happened to us. When we understand what those things are, then we can go and reverse engineer mm -hmm. and we can begin to heal from the inside out for the first, for, for many of us for the first time. Exactly. You know, um, many of us black people are under the illusion that we are okay. No, we are a sick people. And so if you don't understand, you know, like Richard Pryor said back in the day in one of his jokes, he said, look, tell me what kind of sickness I got. You see, so when you know what kind of sickness you got, then you can address that particular sickness and start to heal. But we're under this illusion and we're in this denial that we're okay as black right. folks. And the proof yeah, is if, I just, if, I, if I just get the drop top or if I just get the Bentley, if I just get, you know, uh, uh, the house or whatever it is, mm -hmm. I'll be all right. No, you will not. No. You, you, can't, you can't deal with the symptoms and not address the real issue, which is what we do. Uh, collectively and individually, and that's why we're in the same position. That's why we're in the position that that we're in. In my humble opinion, that's one of the reasons. So, four, four traumas that we're dealing with, audience. Did, did you hear uh, Brother Shock say this? Four traumas that we're dealing with. So we have to be compassionate with each other, and 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 be not so quick to judge each other. Yes, we got some problems, some serious, comprehensive problems. So we got to get to what they are. So we can learn how to deal with them. We can learn how to, to erase them and start to heal from the inside out, as, as the brother says. Phenomenal facts. If, if brother, uh, if, if, if brother uh, uh, Jamal uh, put on a, a, a plastic workout suit and went outside in 100 degree weather uh, with a gun, I'm talking about Martin Lawrence's story, and starts <laughs> running down the street uh, and, and I hear about it, I'm not going to be like, oh, you know, Jamal lost his damn mind. I know something happened to you. Mm -hmm. Something happened to you. And, and because the way trauma works in the, in the body, 
trauma mimics and hijacks personality. So it looks like it's you. Mm -hmm. You think it's you. It ain't. It's, yeah. Trauma is like a parasite. It overcomes you and starts to act on your behalf as you. When you recognize that every interaction that you have that is, is a flagrant foul, if you will, is an, a direct proportion to your trauma. That's your trauma body speaking, not you. Right, right. Now, listening to you in the articulation and the definition of things that you, so we're talking about a brother, sixth grade education at one point, was in special ed. That's right. Special education, now 17 books, working on a, his dissertation for his PhD. So it can be done. The example is out there. As you stated earlier, we're the baddest thing on the planet. Facts. And what we have inside of us, we can overcome anything and everything once we understand. And that's the key, and, and, and that is understanding. So now, out of the 17 books that, that you have written, do you have a favorite? Which one is, is, is the dearest to you? Shoot, I hate that question. Um, <laughs> well, you know, it's funny. I guess it's the latest books that I've written because it's really the philosophy and the science uh, of my life work. Mm -hmm. uh, so it would be Hidden Signal. It would be the four metaphysical frequencies uh, and teaching people that. And then, it's, and subsequently, uh, it would be uh, then after that, Digital Nomics. Okay, okay. Now, there had to be a serious driving, motivating force to create all of this. Now, if I recall correctly, you promised your mother as she was passing away that you wouldn't go to jail, deal drugs, and yeah, I made three promises. Who are you, right? Are you channeling Barbara Walters right now? What the hell are you doing, dude? You trying to get a brother broke down up here on, on, on national tele television, on national video. What you doing? I learned, from the, I learned from the best, brother. <laughs> I made three promises. One, I will not do drugs or, or join a gang. Two, I will... Uh, 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 what was it? Uh, I will not... Uh, no, I will not do drugs. I will not get involved in gang activity and I'll make something of myself that you'll be proud of. Mm -hmm. Those were the hardest three. <laughs> <laughs> because you have to understand, I came up uh, in Chicago poor during the crack epidemic. That's when crack right. hit. Right. So there was nothing to do but either sell or use. Mm -hmm. So trying to uh, slice out some level of identity, I didn't have one because everything around me was... Uh, messed up. Right. But I didn't know everything that I know now, but there was always something nagging in my spirit that I said, I'm not dumb. I'm not stupid. Something, something happened to me. I didn't expect my mom to get ill. And, you know, understanding that the racial battle fatigue, the genetic memory that she went through uh, of her trauma coming up in Jim Crow, something happened to her. Mm -hmm. Something happened to my father. And that's passed down through genetic memory, epigenetics, through me, and mm -hmm. then I'm here, and now I experience new levels of trauma. Yes. Uh, and, and, and when we talk about trauma, trauma is a deep emotional wound, but the undercurrent or undergirth of trauma is rejection, abandonment, and betrayal. Mm -hmm. 
And so the question we have to ask ourselves is how many times have we been rejected? How many times have we been betrayed? And how many times have we been abandoned? And just with our own selves, let alone all of what we have, uh, you know, we had a goal to say, okay, I'm going to go to school and I'm going to get a good job and I'm going to, you know, have this type of life. And all of that goes to crap. And what do you do? It's, it's, it's that level of betrayal and abandonment. But if you don't know that there were uh, calculated situations that you were born into that put you and your parents and your parents' parents in that situation, then you think it's your fault and it's your problem. It's not. We're not responsible for what happened to us. We're, we're accountable for what we do about it. Exactly. We're not responsible, but we're accountable for what we do about it. Now, audience, I have to give you a, a little backdrop. This brother here has, has been in the game interviewing some of the best in the world, from Oba Tashaka, Dr. James Small, Kaba Kamene, and just and the list just goes on and on and on and on. Some of the best in the world at, at what they do all mainly centered around the empowerment of black folk. Now we got some, some white guys sprinkled in there here and there, and, but leaders and you know, hey, you gotta go what a, what, what a pudding is if you want some pudding, right? So guys like Robert G. Allen, you know, these, these, these legends that you can get valuable information from. So I, I commend you for Robert that. Kiyosaki. Yeah, Robert Kiyosaki. Bob you know, yes, Bob Pro all these guys, right? Um, the late Zig Ziglar, can you believe it? I know, right? So I'm saying all that to say that, so this brother who's running in those types of circles calls me up one day and say, hey man, I want you on my show. <laughs> and I'm like, me? <laughs> are, you, are you for real? You want me on your show? And I'm like, so he's like, yeah, brother, man, I heard you wrote a book, man. And like, I'm like, who is this cat? I got to, I got to know this cat. So I bought your book that, the moment I saw it, I bought that book uh, from Broke to Bentley, man, that was, Man, that was the shit, dude. That was a badass piece of work you did, dude. I appreciate that, man. People need to see that. Need to, they need to have that in the library. That's required reading. From Broke to Bentley, My Journey to Success. You can find it on Amazon. Check it out. Jamal, Jamal Ali. So when the brother asked uh, to interview me, I was like, for real? We had a great time. We had some technical difficulties, man. My computer was acting up, and I was sitting Oh, yeah. The, Remember that. Yeah. In the corner, man. We had no light, but I'm like, we're going to do this interview. That's right. <laughs> yeah, it don't look like it looked now. I was like, wow, this is a big difference. I'm like... <laughs> we don't up the game a little bit, baby. Right, right, right. I'm like, oh, my God. He even got technical on me now. Serious. <laughs> Life is good, man. Life is good, man. Good times. Good times. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. So we're going to have to have a, this, this is going to have to be a recurring event. At least once a month, sure. I'm going to have to have you on the show because you have so much information that the audience needs to hear, our people needs to hear. Um, and so we got to have you on the show over and over again to go through all the books, just the philosophy and 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 see where you are in, in terms of how you're progressing with your dissertation and those types of things. But we want to introduce, intro, introduce you to the community so they, that they get to know you and so that we can add some value to their particular lives. Is, is that cool? That's a bet? Absolutely. That's a, that's a deal. That's a bet. All right, you said it live now. I'm going to show it to everybody. <laughs> I got you. I got you. All right. So now you had some serious 
episodes or incidents with your parents. And from what I understand, though, the, the relationship wasn't that great to begin with. Is, is that correct? That is correct. Yeah, my father was an alcoholic, abusive. I remember seeing him pistol with my mother when I was what? five years old. Oh, yeah, it was, it, was, it, was a rough, it was a rough house, dude. And, you know, my, my parents were illiterate, and so they, they really couldn't function, uh, uh, and, and they did the best that they could, mm -hmm. uh, given the search. Because the whole thing about um, our parents is that uh, our, our parents and grandparents were always in the process of escaping mm -hmm. violence. Yes. Right, Jim Crow. So imagine living your life in that level of survival. Mm -hmm. And, you know, they did very well uh, in that, but there's going to be massive amounts of trauma yes. uh, from, from, from what they have lived up mm -hmm. to that point of me coming into, you know, existence. And so all of that trauma from, from you know, if you, if you do the study and understand epigenetics goes back 14 generations. Mm -hmm. So that's about 350 years. So I, can't, I was born uh, in trauma and with trauma. As hold, we on, hold, hold, that, hold that thought right there. Stop the show. Stop the show. So, you know, I get upset when I hear people that really are not aware and when you start talking about trauma and you start talking about the effects of slavery and, and, and how it's affecting people today, they don't want to hear this. It. like, man, come on, man, you, you need to get over that. Not understanding epigenetics and dealing with trauma that goes back 350 years. It's in our DNA. That's exactly correct. So, so we are a dysfunctional people that are filled to the gills with trauma. Right. And right. when you look at it from that standpoint, Many of us are still functioning, literate, sane people. Right. right. <laughs> so it's, that's amazing in itself. But right. even though we have those characteristics, we still are, the trauma is still there. And that's why relationships, in my humble opinion, are so tough. Sure. Black people. Because sure. you got trauma, your spouse got trauma, and you got this trauma converging on each other. So what ends up is trauma. That's the only thing in your mind. 100%. You know, the thing is with relationships, it's fascinating because <clears throat> what people don't realize is that when you meet someone, uh, you're, 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 the anticipation of copulating with that person is to relieve yourself temporarily of that trauma. <laughs> yes, yes. Mm -hmm. She makes me feel great, dude. She tears it up. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, She's right. amazing. You know, <laughs> I can't, I, I love talking to her on the phone for four hours. You know, right, I love, right. so all of that infatuation and, and dating and, and all of that, that person temporarily relieves you of your trauma and makes you feel great mm -hmm. until both of you are in a solid relationship and commitment. And now that first argument or first disagreement, you then get to, for the first time, meet each other's trauma bodies. Yes. Yes. Because her trauma, you don't even know about and have never seen it as her personality. She mm -hmm. hasn't seen your trauma personality. And now, uh, here you are, uh, after that person has relieved you of trauma for so however long you, 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 you know, you dated or whatever. And now, 
uh, they become a trauma imprint. Mm -hmm. they and become they become a trauma, a trauma trigger imprint. because it's a new imprint with the with whatever that betrayal, rejection, or abandonment is that caused that blow up, plus the trauma that's already genetically inherited inside of you. Mm -hmm. So with that new imprint, which we call epigenetic tags, that new imprint with the old tags, it starts to uh, convene. And now all of a sudden, the person that you're in a relationship with becomes the worst person in the world because they're the closest to you. Mm -hmm. uh, and now if you don't know that that's a trauma on trauma reaction, you're going to blame her. She's going to blame you. Mm -hmm. And if you have kids, the kids are going to get it. Yes. Uh, no matter how loving you, you, you are or, or even emotionally available, they're going to receive that. And that's how, as the song goes, the beat goes on. Yes. Yes. And so as you were saying, you meet and everything is wonderful, it's groovy. And then that first time where y'all really just go at it and then you both look at each other and say, who is this guy? Right. Who is right. this? I don't, I don't know her. They ain't right. the guy I met. That's right. Trauma That's right. is just coming at that. The trauma of that person personality is just coming out and he and she are seeing it for the first time. So they have no clue who they're dealing with. That is correct. And that's how deep the trauma is. That's right? it, because you don't know you have it. And uh, in trauma work, there's a concept called dirty pain and clean pain. So dirty pain is when you're in a uh, argument or disagreement with your spouse and you just fight to be right, right? Mm -hmm. and, 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 and so you, you don't acknowledge <laughs> your part that you played. Right. You just want to be right. right. And you just want to win. Uh -huh. and get the hell away that's from the, her. That's the, that's the dirty pain? That's, the, that's called dirty pain. Whoa. Clean pain. African Americans have perfected the dirty pain. Haven't we you? have perfected the dirty pain. No question about that, my friend. No, no question. Clean pain is when you say, okay, I know that you're having a trauma moment, but I also am triggered by your trauma, and I'm having a trauma moment. So let's take a time out. Let's take a pause for the cause. And let's first of all, look at the fact and set it over here and call this trauma. Because mm -hmm. this ain't got nothing to do with you and I. You know, most times you get in an argument, you don't even remember what the hell started the argument. Right, the right. Because it's a buildup of all of your trauma over time that blows through that person mm -hmm. uh, for that first time. So when we understand the, uh, the concept of, of, of clean pain and dirty pain, we have the ability to be able to uh, heal our relationships by healing ourselves first. But it's first about a recognition. There's a, you know, I call it cause and effect. There's a cause for every effect. Why is this person acting this way? Why is this person hurting me and harming me? Why is this person betraying me? Why is this person doing that? Well, if they're in that trauma imprint and they're in that trauma body and trauma personality, uh, some people will listen and most will not because the trauma, like a parasite, wants to live. It mm -hmm. wants to, it, 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 it's a breathing uh, uh, entity yes. until you learn how to extract it out of your body and recognize what it is. You know, I had a conversation with my queen because we broke up I don't know how many damn times. <clears throat> We've been together 15, 16 years. We probably break up every damn year, you know. No, yeah. so we, <laughs> we I, I remember going to her and I said, baby girl, look, uh, I know this is my trauma and I'm not going to allow my trauma to break this relationship up because I was blaming her for everything and it was all about my own trauma. 
mm-hmm. of abandonment, betrayal. It causes you to uh, have arrested development. You become a control freak. You want to, the, the little things become big things. And all of that is because of lack and limitation that was manifested from the trauma that you lived. Mm-hmm. So when you come from nothing and then you, you finally uh, get it, if, 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 you're, if you're blessed to get something, um, little things mean a lot, you know, so we're sitting up uh, and, and the same for her, you know, she came from the projects. So uh, she, she's a, a magna cum laude, you know, uh, graduate, you know, and a nurse, you know, okay. so okay. this, so she's, you know, she's making six figures and doing her thing. And you think again, that when you, the money comes and the, and the lifestyle and all that comes, you think you're safe. Okay. It mm-hmm. just gives you a moment to be able to, uh, to be in dirty pain uh, 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 to be able to afford your dirty pain, but it doesn't change anything when that trauma uh, body and personality comes out. Mm-hmm. And so uh, she would, you know, uh, uh, I would put a dish on the on the on the uh, on the in the sink versus put it in the dishwasher. And, and shoot, dude, that's 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 grounds for a divorce right there. You know, <laughs> shit, man, we're not making it after that. You know, if I put a towel over the over the uh, the, the the shower uh, curtain rack or whatever, I put a rag up there as opposed to put it on the 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 the, the towel uh, rack, dude. You know, I'm not I'm not coming mm-hmm. home that night. You know what I'm saying? Right, it's it's, right, it's right. Some serious. So it's those little things that you think are really big that, oh, you're disrespecting me. You don't honor me. It's like, no, that's your trauma. Mm-hmm. So, so ladies and gentlemen, the next time your spouse or your significant other does something that's stupid and crazy and that drives you nuts, don't just say, oh, there he go tripping. You, should, you know what you should say? There's, there's their trauma coming out. That's it. That's exactly it. That's, re- that's real talk, see? And so... We have to understand it. And that's why I got to have you back on the show, man, so we can discuss this in, in greater detail so people can get uh, a, a greater understanding of what has been done to us. Right. And we're really okay, but we have to understand something has been done to us. But here's a, here's a, a term I want to introduce to the audience as well. Uh, it's called extreme accountability. So no matter what happens, I'm responsible. Mm-hmm. Even if you screwed up, and I seen you screwed up, and I know it's your fault. Instead of saying, "Baby, you," no, you know what I'm saying. That's my fault. I take responsibility for because that frees me. So we have to have not only accountability, but let's take it a step further and have extreme accountability. So that someone we told me once, uh, Dr. John F. D. Martini, else for you know, some of the white boys that I used to interview, Dr. John F. D. Martini is a genius uh, philosopher, and he taught me that. Um, life doesn't get easier. It just becomes more accountable. Mm. And so I thought about that because the more you know, the more money you make, uh, the more responsibility you have, there's a higher level of accountability. Mm-hmm. And uh, like Biggie Small says, more money, more problems, you know, but mm-hmm. it's about that level of, of extreme accountability. I like that concept and quote uh, or term because it's, it's absolutely accurate mm-hmm. that the more accountable you become, uh, you, but, but you have to become, you know, one of our good, good friends is Les Brown. He says that in order to acquire something that you've never had, you must become someone that you've never been. Yes. So that extreme accountability means you had to work on yourself to become something that you weren't before. That's right. That's right. You know, it's, so it's, this is not something where we're just having, you and I are just having a conversation. This takes work, family. This just takes some in, inner work 
and yourself to be able to recognize that you are accountable for what you do about it. Remember, you're not responsible for it. Mm -hmm. You're accountable. You're accountable for it. And so the hardest work that you and I and everybody listening will ever do is the work that we do on ourselves. Right. And because it's the most difficult work, many of us back away from that because it's real easy to point the finger. He said, she said, she did, he did. Dirty pain, dirty pain. That's you right. see? So it's, it's, it's all about me. When we take accountability and responsibility for ourselves. Right. Well, accountability, extreme accountability is extreme. the act of clean pain. Yes. Yes. You see, because it's, it's like this. I'm the only thinker in my universe. Right. Don't nobody feel my pain. Don't nobody feel my joy. It's me. Right. And me alone, even though you got family, you got everybody around you, it's me. So you see, that's, that's all I have is me. So I have to perfect me, right? And so we got to understand what we're working with, what we're dealing with. So black supremacy, I love that, man. I love yeah, man. it. I'm going to get a nice poster so I can, I can hang up. You see, and to remind myself, as a matter of fact, just today, I was doing some research on white supremacy. Now, we know it ain't nothing supreme about them, but they got that particular tag, right? Um, and so when you come with black supremacy, I was like, wow. Yeah, that's, that's what's real. Here's the thing. Black supremacy. Black supremacy is based, on, is based on science. This is not, see, I'm not in the self-esteem business. <laughs> I don't give a shit how you feel. Right. I just want you to know who you are. There you go. Say that right. again. Say that, say that again. Say that again. I don't know if I can. I don't know what I just said. Just like you said. Just like you said it before. Say that again. What did I say? I, so, so, <laughs> you, you know, it's, 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 it's like this. It's that blackness, this is not about self-esteem. Mm -hmm. I don't care how you feel. Mm -hmm. I just want you to know that you are supreme. That you are the first choice. You are the mm -hmm. first frequency people. White supremacy is completely uh, fabricated, built up. Uh, it's the bully syndrome, mm -hmm. right? There's no, there's, there's, there's no basis. When I talk about the science of black supremacy, when I, I just uh, wrote a blog about it and I listed all of the genetic aspects of it, I went in deep into the science, you know, from, from uh, Glosier's law, Allen's law, uh, uh, Bergman's law, to, to uh, Punit's uh, cube. I mean, the, the, whole, the whole thing that makes us uh, supreme and what Dr. Francis Cress Wilson re refers to as genetically recessive, right? Mm -hmm. So we're dealing with a genetically recessive people. And so- In white people. Right. <laughs> right. Here, here's something that people, some people will be able to ride with and some people won't. And I'm sorry, but this is, this is the truth. We are not equal. And we are Say not the same. We are not again. equal and we okay. are not the same. That's right. Um, when, when the creator created us, there's a reason he created the African first. And mm -hmm. that means something. Yes. And the job of anything ethnically coming after that, their job is to make themselves feel like we feel and that we are. But they're just trying to feel it because they can never be it because they mm -hmm. were never chosen first. Right. So 
this is a very painful piece for a lot of people to understand, but you have to understand what genetic recessivity means and the psychological and the axiological behaviors of that. So we're talking about Dr. Edwin Nichols' work, philosophical aspects of cultural differences. When we, uh, when we came into uh, 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 Homo sapiens sapien, every, we, we mastered everything. We mastered all science. We mastered nature. We became one with nature. Mm -hmm. You know, there's a quote that I, a prayer that I, I do every day and I tell people, you know, I am one with first frequency. I am one with the first thought idea. I am one with the firstborn people. I am one with the one. We are that one. <clears throat> Everything else that happened to us when we went into the uh, Caucasus Mountains over 100,000 years and became depigmented and became anti-African because you look at the European, they are the antithesis of, of the first frequency. Everything mm -hmm. that happened to, we devolved right. in, 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 right. in the Caucasus Mountain, not evolved. Mm -hmm. right. So when they came out, of course they had to steal everything because they couldn't originate anything mm -hmm. because mm -hmm. of this climatic event that happened uh, for 44,000 generations. And see, hold that thought right there. See, that, that's, that's a whole nother show right there. We have the people, many people, this might be the first time they've, they've even heard that, ever heard that concept. Sure. Sure. You see, and some who have heard it are in denial of it. Mm -hmm. See, white folks, it just didn't come out of thin air, right? Right, and it wasn't some mad scientist Yaku in in a, in a lab somewhere that created them. Right, this is, this is the evolution, right? And so, if we are the first people on the planet, and we are, then every other people on the planet has to come from the first. That's exactly correct. That's a hundred percent, and and that's just the basic common sense math, whatever you want to call it. Uh, that's what it is, and that's mm -hmm. why I call it first frequency. Because uh, Professor James Small, who you mentioned earlier, he had a very profound statement uh, that I put in in in, in my book, uh, uh, the Four Metaphysical Frequencies, and he said that uh, black people are 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 spiritual beings having a human experience. Mm -hmm. Europeans are. Uh, 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 searching for a spiritual experience. Yes, yes. And so when you're God having a human experience, because we're gods and goddesses having a human experience or having a Negro experience or having a nigga experience, whatever mm -hmm. that mm -hmm. experience is that we're That's having, right. mm -hmm. we are able to have it. And the reason we're able to succeed, some of us, and, and even go through and manifest in those false racial constructs is because we're gods. That's right. We're first right. frequency people. So we, we, we will take lemons and make lemonade because that's, mm -hmm. what, that's just who we are as, uh, uh, as, as gods and goddesses having this human experience. Mm -hmm. The European is, it had to fabricate an entire spiritual experience. Uh, and you can't, in my opinion, uh, not being biblical at all, but I'm using this metaphorically, you can't get to heaven if you hate the first and original people. That's right. That's right. You, 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 everything that you're doing is a complete and total lie. You mm -hmm. made up Christianity. You made up all of these religions. You made up all of these things that make you think that you were close and one with the creator, but you hate the creator's first creation. Mm -hmm. Right, right. Exactly. Can't happen, dude. Sorry. That's right. That's right. Sorry. And that's mm -hmm. why my ministry is so radical, because, and a lot of people were scared to death when I became a minister. <laughs> and I wrote my master's thesis on this, on, 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 this, on this process, because you have to understand that how can, 
what happens when you um, don't know how not to hate? Mm-hmm. Think about what that, what they, what they, how they live and what that takes to hate to the degree that you will create a false racial construct of, of, of white people. You will create uh, Jim Crow laws. You will lynch. You will burn. You will rape. You will kidnap. You will molest. You will uh, do mass shootings. You will uh, shoot up schools and churches and synagogues. And you imagine what it takes to hate at that level. At that level, exactly. Think about that. All the time. There is no equality. <laughs> In order for you to survive, like the, the Baldwin says, I'm not your nigger or not your Negro. Mm-hmm. Uh, or why do you need a nigger? In the, you know, America has to figure out why they need a nigger in the first place. The fact that you need <clears throat> somebody to lose so you can feel like you have won, you are sick. Mm-hmm. That's a psychopathy or psychopathy or, or sociopathy that is not in us. But right. because we are captured and corralled by them and, 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 and have generations and been bred and all of that stuff from them, we now start to take on those same uh, uh, vibrations or those same ice frequencies, if you will. Mm-hmm. But the interesting thing is this, brother uh, uh, Jamal, is that we will do it to ourselves, but we won't do it to others because there's still a level of humanity in us from yes. that first frequency yes. that won't allow us to go out yes. and shoot up and kill children. It mm-hmm. won't allow us to get a machine gun and shoot up a concert and kill innocent mm-hmm. people. It That's won't right. allow us to take somebody and hang them from a tree and burn them and get you know, people from the community and kids to watch. It won't allow us to <clears throat> cut off penises and, 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 and take, the, take off ears and, and have souvenirs. It won't allow us to do that. And that's, and that's a beautiful thing. That's yeah. a beautiful thing. I was just sharing. Yeah. Now, sharing but we'll that, do it to uh, ourselves. No, that's we'll the problem. We'll do it to ourselves and our we'll community. Do it to ourselves. But I was just sharing in an in a, um, episode I did a, a couple of days ago in reference to right now what we have is the European, the, the Asian, in, in, in the form of the Chinese, everybody's in, into world dominance, dominating everybody else. Mm-hmm. Every other man on the planet is into that except for the African man. Right. Because that's not in us. Right. You see, if we were about world dominance, we would have killed a European within a couple of uh, hours of encountering them for, to begin with. Facts. Absolutely. A hundred percent, dude. Such great wisdom. Thank you for saying that because here's the question that all of us ask, you know, it's like, well, why are we in the situation that we're in? It's because we don't have a genetic memory of extinction. Mm-hmm. Think about that. We don't have a genetic memory of genetic annihilation. Mm-hmm. When you know you've always been here and you know you always will be here, some shit you just won't do. Exactly. You, you, we, we're just not, we're not going to engage mm-hmm. in genocide. Mm-hmm. We're not going yeah. to do it. Right. There, there's, a, there's a sense of uh, we're comfortable. Yeah. Because yeah. we, uh, even on a, even if it's an unconscious level. Right. We're conscious, we're, 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 we are comfortable in knowing who we are, even though some a lot of that is unconscious, right? right. So the, the beauty of who we are as a people um, allowed us to befriend this beast. Right. Clothe this beast. Teach him how to, how to use 
forks Be and knives, teach them how to that. not teach sleep with their sleep with their animals and all. Yeah, the, we 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 did that. We did. But they they because they're not uh, they don't have that original signal and don't have that original first frequency. They thought and felt that the only way we're going to be able to uh, uh, exist and have a society of our own is that we have to figure out how to use their kindness as weakness. Mm -hmm. And so mm -hmm. these wars went on for thousands of years. Exactly. Uh, and a lot of people don't know that we, we slaughtered uh, millions of them, uh, hold, almost to hold, the point hold, of extinction. Hold, 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 that thought, hold that thought right there. That's a beautiful point that you brought up. But I, 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 wanna, I, I wanna touch on this. Ladies and gentlemen, please don't look at the fact that we're so beautiful inside that we can take other people into our graces. Don't look at that as a weakness. It's not. That's a strength. Right. That's something nobody else on the planet has to the degree that we have but us. That's what makes us God's favorite. That's what makes us exactly. our chosen people. Exactly, brother. That's it's, what it is. That's absolutely 100%. Many people, again, are uh, under the illusion that the white folks just came over here and, and kicked our butts and put us on some, uh, some ships. And dude, it's only been 500 years, dude. butts for, for thousands of years. Thousands, thousands, thousands. Dude, I'm talking, you know, unfathomable numbers, you know? Unfathomable numbers. Now, to their credit, you know, after we kicked their butt and they went home, they went home in them caves and they got to thinking and say, boy, these boys is bad. What we gonna have to we got to come up with some new strategy, right? And so well, they come back again. Think about it. They thought they, they figured out gunpowder. We would never have necessarily created gunpowder because we're not going to annihilate. But we're, we're not we're not thinking in, in that particular we're way. We're not thinking in that terms. You know? We're taking we're tribal. So we'll protect our families and our tribe and our village. We're tribal mm -hmm. and we have tribal conflicts. But we're not trying to wipe out the entire population of right. genocide, <laughs> right? So, so that's it's not right. even in us. Yeah, you know, at the highest us. level of war, that's not in us. It's but it's in, in them, it's and that's what you're dealing with. And so, mm -hmm. when you look at, you know, people say we're, we're you know, well, the, the 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 cause is racism. No, racism is an effect. It's not the cause. That's right. That's right. It's an it's an effect. It's now an look, effect. We we um. Let's talk a little bit about, uh, as I was reading the book, Digital Nomics, and you, you mentioned your interview with uh, Freeway, Freeway Ricky Ross. And I was, I was amazed by that myself because I used to look at this brother like, you know what, man, this dude, man, he's a cancer to society. This brother just, you know, I mean, I just had nothing but negative connotation centered around this brother, right? Mm -hmm. But as I start to read some of his story, then it points, goes back to what you just talked about. So, something happened to him. Something was Dude. done. Absolutely, 100%. To him that forced him, if you will, into that type of behavior, right? Oh. And so it was amazing. It's never a goal. See, here's how you qualify that, brother. You know, people say, well, how do you know nothing's wrong with black people, something happened? Okay. When you were a little boy, a little girl, did Freeway Ricky Ross ever go up to his mom or dad and say, Mom, Dad, when I grow up, I want to be a crack, uh, crack dealer? Right. If, yeah. if it wasn't a goal, something happened to you. I want to be an alcoholic. I want to be a prostitute. I want to be a stripper. I want to... No, something happened to you. Those are not goals from childhood. That's right. So if it's not a goal and something that you've always strived to be, you know, I want to be this great crack, uh, uh, crack yeah. addict, you know? Right. Come on, man. What happened to you? Mm-hmm. 
right? But Freeman Ricky Ross, man, that dude changed my life, dude. I mean, mm-hmm. he, he, um, Amazing story. There, there's been interviews that I've had where I come out of the uh, interview and I, I remember going to my queen and say, I'm different today. Mm-hmm. I'll never be the same again because this brother, when he shared his story with me, mm-hmm. knowing he didn't know, he didn't know what I know. Right. But when I recognized what, what, what he did and how he overcame all of this trauma, even though he created more trauma, but the, the dude is probably the one of, mo- one of the most amazing cats I've ever met. Mm-hmm. I had the opportunity of interviewing him. Very unique individual. And as I said, I have, I have a different level of, of, of respect for him. The guy uh, couldn't read, brother. Respect he was illiterate. He didn't learn how to read till he went to prison. That's what I'm, that's what I'm saying. When I read that, I'm yeah. like, wow. Yeah. So he didn't, know, he didn't even know how to read or write. Right. And He's when he learned how to read, now he had already been in prison probably about at that time, 11 years or something like that. Mm-hmm. And he, his cellmate taught him how to read. And then right. he started reading his, uh, uh, you know, uh, legal uh, uh, papers or whatever. Mm-hmm. Uh, indictment papers. Mm-hmm. And found that it was a, a, a problem in there. Right. And went and found his attorneys and ended up taking a life sentence and taking seven, uh, ended up only serving 17 years. 17 years. Yep. But that's that first frequency genius that I talked mm-hmm. about. That's mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And you also, this, this is another important point, too, that... Uh, it, it is the, the melanin that's in us allows us to, anything that we do, we take it to a whole nother level. Facts. So even if, if you're an alcoholic, boy, you're a bad. You're going to be the best goddamn alcoholic. You're a regular alcoholic. You, you know what I'm saying? You, 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 you're the bad alcoholic in, in, in the neighborhood, right? If you small player, you, see, whatever we Facts. do. It's a melanin in us that Facts. allows us to take it to another level like no other. So Remember, you're God having a human experience. So what would God on crack do? He would be the best damn crack addict <laughs> ever. Right? God ain't going to, you know, be no like little, little punk ass alcoholic. That's right. <laughs> you, you know, it's like, no, man, I'm, I'm going all out. You know, shit. I'm a god. This is how gods rock. This, this, is, how god, this is how we roll. This is yeah, how we roll. Yeah. <laughs> okay. So look, man, what's what's your what's your take, man, on the um we have this great movement now um that was started with you know the honorable Marcus Messiah Garvey going back to Africa. And of course, this is what my particular show is about. And so uh, there's a, with the announcement of the year of return from the Ghanaian president in, in Ghana and, and people really hitting there in, in record numbers, the conversation is on, the movement is on, the energy is there, and people are going back to Africa, right? Um, what's, what's, what's your thinking? Let me, get, let me get your take on that. What, what do you think about that? Um, you can't go to Africa until Africa is inside of you. Ooh. Play it again, I mean, Sam. <laughs> you Play it again, you can't Sam. go to Africa until Africa is inside of you. You have to become African for the first time. There, there is spoken from the mouth of a genius. <laughs> you have to become African for the first time. And many of us are, are awakening to our Africana for the first time. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, now, I believe because we populated the entire planet, wherever we are, we are in Africa. 
That's right. It starts with a certain level of consciousness, consciousness. individually mm -hmm. and then collectively. Mm -hmm. But, you know, um, if you are going to Africa trying to escape, mm -hmm. you're going to bring whatever your trauma is that caused that, that trained you here, you're going to bring that there. Exactly. Exactly. And I see that there, there's an old saying that wherever you go, there you are. Right. You see, right. because you take yourself with you wherever you go. That's and right. if the self that you're taking with you is sick, then, you know, wherever you go, that's, that's the, the environment gets a sick person, right? And so that's a beautiful point, man. If, if you're going to Africa to escape, mm, you might want to rethink your position because you can't escape from yourself. Now, it's one thing to say you want to escape from the white man and this, 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 the system that we're living in, sure, right? But um, you first have to heal yourself. It's just like bouncing from one relationship to another. You know, a brother he leaves a woman, leaves a woman, leaves a woman, and as soon as he gets out of one relationship, he's in another. Sister does the same thing, and they right. haven't had time to heal themselves. That's right. so they take that trauma, they take that sickness with them, and they just create the same thing. That's exactly right the same thing so for the sake of our audience man give us uh you mentioned um first frequency give us uh the website information where we can uh we can view your books and and, and find out uh <laughs> so i just launched a, i just for the ministry i just launched a patreon so you can go to patreon and go to rev shock uh, mm -hmm. on patreon uh but first frequency visitor uh dot com so the number one st uh, frequency visitor, firstfrequencyvisitor.com uh, is where you can go, or firstfrequency.com. Okay. It's where you can go and, and get information on, on, on uh, what, what, what it means to be uh, Black and Supreme. Okay, awesome. Now, once I upload this information, I'll, uh, I'll uh, send, uh, put those links in the, uh, in the description sure. as well. Uh, so we, uh, we make sh uh, sure people can uh, can find you, right? Yeah. Now, I know you, we, we're running out of time here. I know you got another interview with a, with a somebody powerful. So, you know, I, I, I got to let my brother go. Don't want to let you go, but I got to let my brother go, man. So now the, the listening audience has heard you say that you're coming back here. And yes. gonna, <laughs> with the brother, we're going to do this. We right. brothers, we friends, we colleagues, so we're going to make it happen one way or another, man. But um, I really, really appreciate your time, man. And it's wonderful to see things come full circle. You know, you had me on your show, and yep. I called you up and said, yo, man, I want, I want you on my show. You're like, what, what show? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, brother, I got a show. I'm so happy for you, dude, because your life is about to change, dude. It's nothing like having your own show, man. It's just the hey, best. I'm feeling it already, man. I really appreciate that, man. I'm getting some love from the, uh, from the community out there. People are liking the content. They're liking the energy. And uh, I'm, I'm just being me. You know, I have passion for my people and compassion for my people and have passion for, for what I do. So um, Absolutely. Genuine, what, you, what you see is what you get. What you hear is, is, is me. You know, I don't sugarcoat. And, and again, I, I need to tell people this, man. Y'all need to go get that book, Broke to Bentley. From Broke to Bentley, this, bro this brother's book, man, uh, is, is, is I put my goddess on that, that purpose piece that's okay. in there. I don't want to give the book away, but it was so powerful. I literally incorporated it into the family. Beautiful. So, Beautiful. so, so when I saw the book, when I read the book, I, I could not not call you. I had to say, dude, <laughs> you got to come on the show. We got to rock this thing, man. Beautiful. Beautiful. Yeah. Your, your, your story, your journey, 
and 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 who you have become coming out of all of that damn trauma because you and I both know we ain't really supposed to be here right now. I'm trying to tell you, at least in this capacity. Right. 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 Because right. if we're here, we're gonna be mentally incapacitated in prison or or worse. Exactly. But to be here to do the work that you're doing. Uh, to impact the millions of lives that you impact on a daily basis with all of your social media, all of your speaking engagements, all of your work. Dude, that's first frequency. You represent the very thing that I'm talking about in terms of black supremacy. Praise be to God. That's it. Praise be to God. Praise be to God. Yes. It's beautiful, man. So listen, we're going to wrap this thing up, man. Any, any parting thoughts, parting shots, parting anything you want to leave for the, for the audience? Hey, man, whatever, whatever you are going through or growing through, recognize nothing's wrong with you. Something happened to you uh, and it's still happening and learn how you are supreme and whatever by, you know, not just, you know, through me or by me, but learn the fact that no matter how economically challenged you are or academically challenged you are right now, you are God's first choice. And that means something. And when you tap into that first choice, you tap into that first frequency, you'll be able to heal any physical symptom in your life that is keeping you down and keeping you in the mindset of lack and limitation. Nothing's wrong with you. A lot of shit has happened to you. Yes, yes. And with that, ladies and gentlemen, you heard it from the mouth of a God. This has been Jamal Ali from the African Diaspora Going Home Show. Until the next time, Hotel. Hotel, my shake. Love you, man. Love you too, brother.